the Just Interesting People podcast. My name is Rosie and I'm here with my co-host and husband Jeremy as always and today we are joined with by Jennifer Tribe Vanessa who I cannot wait to get to know more and ask all the questions that I've got. Um, just an FYI we are looking after a dog so if you hear panting or barking or anything crazy it's the dog and we apologize in advance. <laughs> um, thank you so much for being here and for listening. Jeremy's going to introduce her properly as always but we hope you enjoy this episode. Thank you guys for joining us again. And thank you, Jennifer, for being with us today. Thank you for having me. Um, well, it's funny you say that, Rosie, because I actually feel you should be doing the introdu- introduction this time. Because <laughs> you actually, you two actually connected first uh, through a photo shoot. Yeah, I don't remember. And I don't remember how you... <laughs> I remember. <laughs> so, <laughs> I do. <here> I, <laughs> I remember. <laughs> how did we meet? Did I message you? Or did you, you message me, or? me on Instagram. Okay. And you reached out about building your yoga portfolio. Oh, oh yeah. And um, we we wrote back and forth a little bit, and we decided to meet in the design district. Got some amazing photographs. Um, one of my favorite shoots, and I just remember how easy it was to work with you, yeah. and uh, how comfortable I felt, and I just we got so many shots, and I still use the photos and. I can't wait to shoot with you again. Yeah. Before we leave. Before you leave. We got before May. Yeah. Here we are. Thank you for the introduction. <laughs> I should do that more often. Just delegate, you know? Yeah, um, yeah you, uh, you, you're going to tell us a little bit more in detail. Um, but what's interesting is that you've been traveling quite a lot, actually. Uh, and before getting into yoga, because we, we know you through the photo shoot and also through some yoga classes we took with you here in Miami. Uh, but you came a long way before <laughs> moving to Miami. Yes. Uh, you've been living a few years uh, in Italy before. And where, where I've got questions is also about uh, you passed your yoga teacher training in India. Mm-hmm, my uh, first one. Which, yeah, I've got a lot of questions about that. But maybe before getting into the whole fitness how you got into that let's start with some basics like where do you come from actually where did you grow up okay so i was born in new york i come from long island new york um i grew up in an italian american family but i moved down here to south florida when i was 10 so um we lived in atlanta also before coming here my parents were in the airline business kind of I'll just plug that for the travel um so transferring from like JFK to Atlanta to Miami my parents which is how I came down here okay and early on you started to get into fitness by swimming right correct yeah, yeah. so were you always interested like a, a sporty one at high school and, and college so actually sporty spice since I was born so I have two older brothers and uh, I started competing in swimming when I was five. So not like not even high school. <laughs> yeah. So that was when uh, I was living in Atlanta. I don't was... think I know how to swim at five. <laughs> I was, I, w- I mean, at five I was competing, but competing against like, you know, six and unders. But that went on to like, you know, 11, 12 and teenagers and high school and you name it. But swimming was my sport. Interesting because I feel swimming is one of the hardest sport in a sense that you need to train so much and most of the professional swimmers start really really young 
uh, and spend hours in the pool swimming yes. i feel like the most like professional swimmers sacrifice so much of the childhood and teen years because uh, it's such a i mean challenging hard and competitive sport it is a demanding sport and i like that you said that so i did say i have two older brothers my oldest brother's four years older than me. We, we were all swimmers, but my oldest brother, who's four years older than me, he went on to, um, he got a full scholarship to USC in California for swimming. I mean, he was state champion and he went to Olympic trials twice. And the reason I stopped swimming when I was in high school, at the end of high school, I decided not to swim in college, was because I saw the demand that was put on him and uh, not, I'm not knocking it at all, but I knew that I wanted to travel. I knew I wanted to study abroad and that I didn't want to devote my life to swimming because even in high school, I was waking up and swimming before school in the morning and my life was dedicated to swimming. Taught me a lot of good discipline. <laughs> yeah, I can imagine. Yeah, but, no, but yeah, it's, it's, it's challenging. And, and actually, like a lot of professional retire when they were like, in the early 2025 yeah. they don't last that long because yeah most of them start at five six years old so it's actually like a 20 years career even if you retire at 25 mm -hmm. then yeah i guess yeah swimming in your 30s is you're old yeah mm -hmm. <laughs> um all right so what did you study in high school and college so i studied international business and trade in college in high school we don't specialize so much in the united states um, I took advantage in high school and I did like, uh, there was a program where you could go to high school like half the day and then you worked the other half of the day. I mean, I'm like, I'm a nonstop person. So, um, work, work is like second nature to me, whatever I'm doing, I find passion in it, but yeah. And I decided to study international business and trade because I had, uh, intentions of studying abroad and, and speaking other languages and doing different programs in different countries. And the desire, the interest in traveling was coming from your parents? Um, I mean, I always had the, it was easy for me to travel since, you know, my parents were in the airline business. It helps a lot just to jump on a plane. You're, you just fly standby and, uh, first class i'm not gonna lie <laughs> like this. I know. it's really never, hard to i've never flown first class or business class or anything i'm always like one of the people at the back <laughs> i feel having someone in a family or partner that's working in the airline industry is a pretty sweet deal <laughs> it is a pretty and i had like both of my parents yeah, so, so yeah and once you i'm not gonna lie once you go to first class it's really hard to go back to coach <laughs> But I, so after, but after September 11th, the whole airline business changed, right? Um, because, and especially my, my parents both worked for American Airlines. So um, there were two planes involved in September 11th and uh, things changed for standby travelers after September 11th. It was definitely harder to get first class. Um, also with all the mileage, everybody's upgrading this. So it, it's a little more competitive to get the first class. So when I get it, I do enjoy it, <laughs> but I'm humble. So <laughs> I just love to travel. It doesn't yeah, matter. No, just no, get yeah, me there. Not, yeah. <laughs> I agree. You mentioned that you're Italian American. 
so have you always spoken Italian at home is like have you always been fluent or is that something that came later on in life so that's something that came later on in life because I mean I'm Italian American I resonate with that but actually one of my grandfathers so my both of my parents are half Italian so on my mom's side she's half Ukrainian and half Italian and on my dad's side he's half Italian and he's uh, like a quarter German uh, English or something but what reunited us was the Italian side of the family. It was the larger side of the family, lots of cousins. It was the side that kept the family together. And so growing up back then with my grandma, so my my grandmother spoke Italian, and but my grandfather didn't. So back then, right, the American dream, it was like you speak English. It wasn't cool to like speak another language. It was rude to speak another language in front of somebody that didn't speak the language. So I grew up with dialect here and there, but uh, it wasn't spoken in, in my household. So um, it came later on in life when I, when I went to Italy for the first time to live. I've got this this cliche, and tell me if I'm absolutely wrong, but um, I feel a lot of people that came from Europe um, back at this time, uh, like two generations ago, uh, came for the American dream, because that was the time, obviously, where you, you, you could come here and start with nothing and, and create something and, and make a living out of it. And for some people, depending on the country, escape extreme poverty or communist country for example for like the eastern europe um, and a lot of those immigrants moved to new york and spend years like grinding and working really hard to create this dream life and everything did you grow up into this kind of environment very like hard-working disciplined family very yeah. yeah so like um my uh, great-grandparents came over. They had an Italian market, supermarket, you know, importing things from Italy like prosciutto and cheeses and breads. And I think that trickled down. It's something I still struggle with, too, because it's a lot of mindset where it's like you got you to gotta keep working. You got to keep go, go, go. You got you to gotta be better than us. And um, it's something I learned later in life that, you know, those struggles, you kind of carry it. It gets carried through each generation. So I'm trying to definitely, I'm the youngest of my family. Um, I'm trying to break that, that, that like taboo, that, that cycle, that mindset. Yeah. Cause it, I feel like this generation, it's interesting when you think about it, cause they, they escape whatever it was to come here and have the life of the dreams. And then, they spend the entire life working nonstop and eventually maybe not even enjoying life. Yeah, it's, no, so it's, it's quite interesting. Yeah. Um, Especially since in Italy, life is la dolce vita. I mean, <laughs> like, they came here to work so hard. Like, I mean, work hard. Instead, it's like work smarter, not harder. Find a better balance. Be able to spend more time with family and friends. Yeah interesting how there's this pattern through like multiple like yeah Generation. immigrants and yeah okay so it was a cliche that i had in my head so i wanted to see if it was real or not <laughs> things you see on tv you know in books so <laughs> um so i wanted to ask you when did you first start yoga if you were kind of if swimming was your sport when did yoga come into the picture so i i I got involved with yoga. I remember my first yoga class I ever took was like at an LA fitness. I was, I would say I was like early twenties. And I just remember going to a yoga class at LA fitness 
and walking in the room and I just remember it being really weird. Like the teacher was weird. The breathing was weird. I was looking around the room and I was like, this is not for me. Interesting. (laughs) Like, but you know what? That experience, I didn't do yoga for a long time after that because it turned me off. You know, I wasn't, I didn't feel comfortable in the setting. I really didn't know what was going on. So it actually, looking back in retrospect, it made me a better teacher because I realized when you know you have like a first timer, I always ask at the beginning of my class, is this anyone's first yoga class? Like it's a big responsibility to make sure that they feel comfortable, maybe talk with them before the class, let them know how it's going to flow. I was pretty turned off after that first class, like the breathing, like I, I don't know if I just hadn't done enough research, but it was kind of strange. Was it because you were used to maybe like fitness, different kind of classes or just you think the teacher just didn't make you feel? Welcome no, I, I totally think it was the teacher. Yeah. Okay. I I can't even throw her under the bus because I don't know her name. I don't know anything (laughs) about her. No, anyway, like, you know, some people relate and connect with some teacher and don't, and some don't. And it's not even being about a good or bad teacher. It's about the connection. Sometimes it doesn't click and you don't know why and it is what it is. It's fine. And then, well, later on, so after, like, taking a break from it from then, uh, fast forward to about 2010, I started practicing here and there, and um, it was around like 2011, I think, or 2012. I I worked for Lululemon for a period around 2011, 2012. So then back then, you know, I don't know how it is now working for Lululemon, but, you know, all of our classes were covered, so I could really go and enjoy yoga because I wouldn't have to, you know, I got comped for a certain number of classes a week to participate in the community. And I started really practicing yoga, but I started practicing with like, everyone's like, you got to take, I'm going to just throw her name out here. You got to take Sharon's class. My friend, Sharon Aluma, um, AKA organic vinyasa. You got to take Sharon's class. And so I started taking her class and I really felt a deep connection. One with her as a teacher and it, it wasn't the physical because, yes, I am an athlete, so I want the dynamic practice. But it was that connection where I realized, like, one, I'm not the best in the room, right? Especially when you're an athlete, you're used to, like, competing and winning. Uh, looking around the room and I'm like, I'm definitely the least flexible in here. <laughs> My mind is racing. But it was always a feeling of... Um, connecting more with myself, getting more in tune with my body. And it it took that connection with Sharon to help me discover yoga. And thanks to Sharon, I'm a yoga teacher today. Mm. Yes. So you connected with not the asana, the all the other sides of yoga. I mean, also, with the asana as well, asana but I mean, you also well, connected with the, the other side. Uh, the breath work, the spirituality, finding like the link of like, okay, yeah, this is a pose, but what is it teaching me, right? And was that because, it's interesting because you said that it, it, it helped in terms of like connecting with yourself and, and I guess like finding some me time and reflecting and stuff like that. Were you the kind of person like running around, doing everything, never taking time for yourself? Like- I am hyperactive. <laughs> <laughs> I'm an Aries. <laughs> I'm fire. Um 
I like to move, right? If if I want to get dist- if I want to distract myself, I'll move. And um, but it, it it started to help me slow down. It doesn't mean I started meditating back then, <laughs> but it helped me slow down a little bit. And and the whole point of me doing yoga was to complement my fitness. So. It was, you know, just to active recovery days and flexibility and, you know, mind, body and soul. So I, I wasn't sure where it was leading, yeah. but. And then how long did it take you to kind of think, okay, I want to do this a little bit more and kind of more seriously and maybe become a teacher? Where did that all come from? Good question. Uh, I never saw myself as a yoga teacher i never imagined i would be a yoga teacher i mean what did you see yourself becoming then a businesswoman okay yeah <laughs> i have a sales background and i love working with people and um you know yoga and even fitness like my mom since i was like young she was always telling me you should be a fitness teacher like this is your passion i would always say mom this is like for me Like, if I do it for work, am I going to like it anymore? Always listen to your mom, right? <laughs> Fast forward many years of work. Moms know best. They know you well. And um, I'm, I want, I'm trying to loop back to your question because a lot of time passed. But so I, I, I practiced yoga for about, let's see, I went to, I'm trying to like, let me, I'm doing my timeline. I found, I moved to Italy twice in my life. One when I was 18, and then I moved back in um, 2013, moved to Rome. And that was when I couldn't find a yoga studio to practice at in Rome. 2013, Rome, Italy. There was an Ashtanga studio I discovered, and there was a vinyasa studio. And I just didn't connect with anybody there. There was no community. I had left Miami Beach after practicing and community with so many, with Lululemon and all my friends and teachers, and we would meet, we would have sweat dates. And then I find myself in Rome with a lot of free time. And the two studios that were there back then were just like, I was just like, no, I can't. Like, this isn't, this isn't yoga. I mean, yeah, it's yoga, but it was like the, the, saying hello when you walk in the door for me these are like the small things that make a huge difference to make somebody especially me who was new in the community nobody said hi nobody said bye yeah you don't feel welcome i wasn't welcome no yeah. it was very cold and so that that was the the trigger that planted the seed in my head that maybe you should become a yoga teacher right and Bring yoga, the yoga that you fell in love with to Rome and share it with everybody because they don't know what they're missing. And that was like, that was it. And what was the reason that made you move to Rome originally? Originally was, well, not the first time, but the second time was a relationship. So it brought me over there. So you're in Rome. Okay, I might become a yoga teacher. Uh, and, oh, I know. I'm going to go to India and learn to be a yoga teacher. <laughs> <laughs> Makes sense, right? <laughs> well, it is 
all began, to be fair. <laughs> well, I was... It's a long way. So in Miami, you go to Italy and then you end up in India. <laughs> well, in my defense, I was living in Italy. So my, my choices were I can either go back to Miami, right, and do the teacher training, but I'm living in Italy. So it's not like I'm going to go to Miami and move back. I'm going to go there and do the teacher training and then I can come back to Italy or... I can go to the birthplace of yoga and learn from the source. Also, financially, if you've, if you've ever researched teacher trainings, right, in America or in the UK, I mean, the prices are super high. In India, they're about half of that. And I kind of wanted, like, the full experience. It's also the traveler in me. I had never been to India. And I thought, well, let's just dive right in. This is it. <laughs> so I need to know all about India. What was your first impressions when you first arrived? Because we've never been. We're dying to go. It's on the list. <laughs> what, what was it like when you first touched down like, and first leave the airport? Okay, it's intense. So my advice to, to you guys and anyone listening to this podcast, if you've never been to India, you have to go with zero expectations. That's key. Like, just be open to whatever. And I went by myself. So I flew from Rome to... New Delhi um, my teacher training program was in Rishikesh so which is the birthplace of yoga it's like a little it's a little bubble it's a vegetarian town no alcohol but um, so I get to Delhi and I get out of the airport they had sent like a driver to pick me up and it was just like chaos on the streets like the sounds like this like your senses get overloaded like your ears like the smells like the sights like cars on the road bikes on the road motorcycles on the road horses on the road cows on the road dogs on the road people are driving in every direction and everybody's honking their horn the whole time like it's just like a horn the entire time this, this is actually really funny but in India they say like when Indians buy a car the first thing they test out is the horn <laughs> The most crucial part of the car is the horn. Yeah. <laughs> so I was just like, whoa. And okay, I'm a traveler, but I'm not, I kind of like to pack, right? Like I, I'm an overpacker a little bit. I have all these like, well, what if I do this? And what if like, I'm a modern yogi. So I get there and I'm not going to lie. I was the only person in my yoga teacher training that had like a luggage on wheels. <laughs> like 25 yoga outfit and everything. <laughs> Everybody had a backpack. I had like a big luggage and my carry-on, like two trolleys. Like... I couldn't picture you. <laughs> like, who's this girl? <laughs> yeah, like, <laughs> I, I, shed, I shed a lot of ego in India, though. It was a very humbling experience. But I was I was open to it, you know, like legit i didn't blow dry my hair for like a month like i just i just got used to it like the clothes i went over there with like they didn't come back with me because they were one they were disgusting but like so i either like donated them or i just like threw them out at the end it was like that non-attachment mentality you know embracing the yoga how long did you stay there mm, about six weeks by myself yeah, it was very intense. I did an Ashtanga teacher training program. So it was uh, it was six days a week, like seven to seven. 7,000 push-ups a day. Oh my gosh. <laughs> my, and it was funny because like, as you guys know, I'm super into fitness. So I had like 
resistance bands. I was going for a run. And I just remember after the first week, my teacher, and they're all like Ashtangi, Indian, mostly men. And he's like, I really think you should conserve your energy for the practice. And I was like, but I have a lot of energy so I can run on my lunch break. And But then I was like, you know what? Maybe I should embrace this only yoga lifestyle and see what happens. So after the first week, I said, I'll give up the fitness. It wasn't because I was tired or anything, but I said, let me see what happens. It was like an experiment. If I don't run or if I don't do squats and if I just practice yoga, not for me. <laughs> Combined with an Indian diet, it was definitely not for me. I was going to ask you about the food. What was the food like? Uh, well, it was all vegetarian, which is great because I'm mostly plant-based, but it's a very high-fat, high-carb diet. So, you know, after a while, I was just like, I just need some raw fruits and vegetables, some juice, like the paneer and the, and the ghee and all the rice and all the... Um, like the naan, all the bread, it was just, it didn't agree with me so much. So were you the only, uh, I don't know, European, American over there and everyone else was Indian or, or no? Um, well, the teachers were all Indian. We, it, it was nice because I decided to, the, I chose this particular school because it was a very small amount. I think we were 10 or 11 students. I wanted that. I wanted that personal experience. I didn't want to be in a room full of 30 to 40, 50 people because they do that. They'll pack it out. I mean, way, especially back then, way before COVID. But so we were, there was another girl from America. Her name was Julia. There were guys, there were two guys from South America. There was uh, Germany was there, someone from Russia, uh, from the UK, from Australia. It was kind of like very international. I'm still in touch with many of them. Okay. Mm -hmm. So did did you just went there for the yoga teacher training, or you you you've been able to spend some time just traveling around and enjoying your time a little bit? I wanted to travel a little bit more. I got to travel before the teacher training, so I did like Delhi, I did Agra, Taj Mahal, I did um, Amrit Star, the Golden Temple, out in Punjab. And then I did, when I was in Rishikesh, when we had Sundays off, I did like a few hikes here and there. But uh, my teacher training was in Mar uh, March. So I finished around like April 6th, I think. I think I graduated. And my birthday is April 9th. So um, I was actually flying to London uh, for my birthday. And it was that was a crazy trip to go from like India to like fancy London. It was like a culture shock. I didn't know what was going on. My my hotel had like heated floors in the bathroom. <laughs> I, I complained about the pillow. They sent me up a pillow concierge. I was like, wow, I went from like, I went from coach to first class really quick with that trip. But it was nice. It was a nice extreme. But I was in a good place. So yeah. How, how do you feel on a more like mindset? I don't know relationship with yourself like after this yoga in india i don't know because it must be i don't know life-changing it's a bit big maybe but why not uh well <clears throat> for me it was really good because i got to slow down and i got to really like let go of certain things like i really thought i was going to blow dry my hair i mean not every day but these are things that are just like like i do you know like putting on makeup or um, 
blow drying my hair, dressing nice. And it was something that I just like embraced this like slow pace, very easy. Uh, when you do go to India, you'll realize that most Indians are always smiling. I mean, they might not have anything, but they greet you with a hello or a namaste and a smile. That was something that I'll never forget that they always said hi to everybody. And I just thought, wow, look at these people that have nothing, that live in their houses like a, a tent. You know, maybe they have like one or two t-shirts and they have a smile on their face, but like a sincere smile. It was genuine. And it, it made me realize that we have way more than we need one and we consume more than we need and like it's really like simple things in life like how can we simplify how can we find the gratitude how can we find happiness with with what we have yeah and and this, also yeah, go okay. ahead. Go. i was just to say this this seems to be coming up in conversation quite a lot recently in lots of different things we seem to talk about like how people with less material goods seem to be the happiest and the most kind of well-rounded almost or yeah content and then people who like the more you have the kind of almost the more worries you have and the more stress you have and the more the more you've got to wear the certain thing and look and a certain way and yeah the more you want as well like everybody has an iphone but you know how many people have bought the new iphone it's just kind of you know wanting the newest best thing that's what i love about travel which i'm sure is probably similar to you is that you go to these places and see these people and you feel so inspired because they're so happy with like you said, a tent and two yeah, t-shirts. The bare minimum yeah. that for us, like, I mean, it's hard to imagine living like that. So it was like, it was a really cool experience in the sense that I like, and I, and I'm grateful for it because I didn't know what I was getting into deciding on this particular yoga school in Rishikesh. Like I had no idea how anything was going to go, but I was, like I said, no expectation. And I was there to just flow with it. I got to experience Holly over there, which is the festival of um, colors. And I mean, I look back at some of the pictures of myself and like some of my outfits and the clothes I was wearing. And like, and like I said, like I shed like this, like layer of myself where, I mean, I, I didn't say this at the beginning, but I was in sales. I mean, I used to work for Giorgio Armani. I worked for Chloe. I worked for high-end fashion companies. So it's like, you know, uh, ostrich shoes, <laughs> you know, to like, um, just like a dollar pants I bought on the street in India, you know? So it was really cool to realize, like, I mean, my wardrobe consisted of like very high-end um, brands, you know? I worked in this like designer world. Um, and don't get me wrong, I still love all that stuff. I haven't worn like all the, I haven't worn most of it in so long. I should probably sell it all on Poshmark, but um, they were investment pieces too. But yeah, so it was like, it's that balance. And I still find my, I, we all have it, right? Like that we're trying to find a balance between like, it's like a yin and yang. So the balance between like having a lot, having nice things. And then like, what do you really need? And yoga helped me with this. It's, it's all part of my journey and it's been a beautiful experience. I think it's also about why you have what you have and why do you want what you want? Uh, if it's just to amass, you know, like, as much as you can, just for the sake of it, just because you can say, look at me or whatever. Hoarding, uh, yeah. Or if it's just because it actually genuinely makes you happy. Like, and, mm -hmm. and 
if it just makes you happy, well, okay, cool, get it. Uh, you don't need 25 of them. Just to have one of them is going to make you like super happy and it's going to put a smile on your face every morning when you see whatever that is. So I think it's more also about the, yeah, the intention behind it. Um, I agree. Rather than just, yeah, pining it up to, to get look it, cool on Instagram right. or, you know, whatever. To keep up. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm. So you came back. Had a good birthday in London, I'm sure. <laughs> that was a lot of fun. <laughs> Catching up with... After my birthday weeks. dinner was at Zuma, London. <laughs> uh, we're going to skip this part. They'll stay in London. <laughs> From eating on uh, the ashram floor to Zuma. It was great. Um, how was becoming a teacher after that? Because, okay, you have the certificate, but how do you then <laughs> become a right? teacher? That's, an, that's a great question, Jeremy. We, we, we actually... I know, you're in the yeah, process. Yeah, currently doing the training right now, so... <laughs> um, it's pretty intimidating. Well, it's going to be a little bit different because I know you guys are doing a different training, but like I did an Ashtanga teacher training, so you're just working on the primary uh, sequence. And I did Ashtanga, but not because I wanted to be an Ashtanga teacher. I did Ashtanga because Ashtanga is the foundation for vinyasa. So I was like, again, let me go to the source. Let me go to the, 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 the discipline of the Ashtanga school. So I came back to Rome and I'm not going to lie. I was like, uh, what am I supposed to do here? I, I, did you feel you were ready to be? I didn't feel I, I did not feel I was ready to be a teacher at all because I was doing the primary series the whole time. Like there's 60 chaturangas. Like I knew and I, but I knew all this going into it. I knew like I wasn't going to get up and be like some city, like, and go through all that. Um, so I kind of just had to like, I actually, I, I remember calling Sharon and I said, do you have any advice for me now that I graduated? And I was really hoping she was going to tell me something, but, <laughs> <laughs> but she gave me the best advice and she said, just be authentic, just be you. And that's all I can tell you. And, and so that's stock. And I said, okay, just be me. Cool. Um, <laughs> and it was just, but I was also like going in. So now let's just, let's, let me just like backtrack a little bit. So I'm back in Rome. So not only did I do my yoga teacher training in India and English. So now it's like, okay, back to Rome. Like now you got to speak in Italian. So, and I know a lot of like foreigners struggle with this too, because most yoga teacher trainings are in English. doesn't matter where you are. And then they have to translate and go back to their country. Like in, especially in Miami, right? Spanish. And it's, it's hard. Even if you speak the language, it's hard. Are you dealing <laughs> I, with that? I, I thought about that because <laughs> I thought, interesting, we're going back in France this summer. Like, could I even just teach a class to my mom? But like, I have no idea what the hell I'm going to say. Like, no clue. Like, he <laughs> looks weird, like guerrier. I don't know. Uh, yeah, so I'm you curious just have to, to see how. You... And not say the pose name, I think. Yeah, but even you know, like when you learn in I language, like you you're wired this way, and yeah. I, I think like even if you know the vocab, it's just not gonna click forever. I think it, it doesn't. Be, yeah. It takes time. <laughs> it takes time, and then you realize there's certain ways to say certain things. And so I went back to Rome and I started preparing like my vinyasa sequences and and my, getting my music playlists ready because that was like a huge part of my practice in the vinyasa classes was having that music as like a guide. 
uh, part of the experience of the class. And uh, there was a yoga studio in Rome that I, I, I taught for. Got the dog snoring. <laughs> My story's boring him. <laughs> He's over it. And uh, so I reached out to this. I was actually teaching at a gym in Rome, Madonna's gym, to be frank. And there was a girl, there was an expat. I forget where she was from, if she was American or not. But she was like, why are you teaching yoga here? And I said, well, there's no place to teach yoga in Rome. And she said, no, they just opened a new yoga studio. It's called Our Yoga. You should reach out. So I contacted the owner and I said, hey, um, I would like to teach for you. You know, I'm like, Fresh back from India, thought I had my certificate. And he was like, I met him in person. We clicked and he offered me like a, uh, uh, a class that was open to the public to see how, you know, people would like it. And, and so he gave me like a shot. I'll say it like that. And I just remember the, the Facebook like promotion of it. And it was announcing my class and the music. And I, I just remember people's like responses to reading that there would be a yoga class with like fun musical beats. And people were in shock. Like I was getting nervous to teach this class because people were like music yoga. How could you, you like, I was disrespecting the, you the know, tradition. yeah, the tradition, the practice, but, and that's what I was dealing with in Italy was, was not only was I like trying to like bring this new style of yoga because it wasn't there. I was definitely like, like part of this wave that, and, uh, and I, so being a new yoga teacher, what did I want to do? I wanted to practice my sequence with the music. And I just remember I had a wait list for my class. So the people that were coming were excited. The skeptics were coming. I knew I had like the haters were coming, you know, who's this girl? And, uh, what did I do? I just, I was me. I was like my authentic self. I gave the class, I brought my energy and, um, they loved it. And I started teaching for this yoga student. So how was it standing in front of a big group of people for the very first time? Because that's what, like, I'm terrified of. <laughs> okay, it was nerve-wracking. I'm not going to lie. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm a shy, believe it or not. I'm a shy person. And... <sighs> I get, and I'm a perfectionist, right? That comes from like me being an Aries. So I like to like make sure I do things right. Even like speaking languages, like I don't like to like mess up the grammar. I've let go of a lot of this thanks to yoga, but I'm talking, you know, I'm going back to like 2014. So it was really like, I was nervous, but I channeled my energy into excitement because I was like, this is my opportunity this is like my one chance. And, and I'm not going to lie, the yoga studio, this new yoga studio in Rome, it was beautiful. And the owner, you know, he had brought inspiration from his time practicing in um, Hong Kong with Vancouver. So it was like this. And I was like, this guy gets me, you know, you got to find the people that have the vision. So and and that's why he was happy when I contacted him, because it was like, okay, you could definitely add to this. He had spent a lot of time in the United States and, and he was Italian. So, but it was good. I, I had fun. I had fun. You got to enjoy it. <laughs> so I'm an Aries as well. And the kind of perfectionist in me is the same. It's like, we, we're doing little bits of teaching with the, um, 
with the training and I like freak out if I get anything like wrong if I say the wrong word I'm like oh my god and I beat myself up about it because I need to get it perfect so yeah how long does it take before you feel comfortable and confident? <laughs> how long does that take can we just jump to that already <laughs> it takes a little bit of time repetition's key practice 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 and you know like it evolves like you have to find your voice that's it and and your teaching voice like what you want to teach like because this is the thing you're doing these teacher trainings and they're giving you like this blueprint of like how you should structure your class and like certain things you probably that probably like yeah that seems right and then some things are like I don't know about that I mean there's poses that I don't teach why because I don't like them. Sorry, shoulder stand. Sorry, plow. These are poses I don't teach. There's never going to be a chair pose in Rosie's class. I can tell okay, you that already. Never. <laughs> never. Never, ever. Why would you put anyone in, cha- in chair pose? It's the worst. Um, and, and like you being you, you will attract the people that appreciate your teaching, your style. And you don't realize it until you like put your, you got to put yourself out there. You won't know until you really put yourself out there and then you start to realize like, wow, they enjoyed it. You start to get feedback. But I think preparation for us Aries is key, like being prepared. Also, I think we might like to wing it a little bit because we're confident. So we're like, we got this. (laughs) But uh, prep is key. That way you feel comfortable. Like I practice the sequence with the music. I want it. I don't do that anymore. <laughs> I don't I don't practice any sequence so much with the music as I did when I was like I wanted the whole experience to be like perfect. Yeah. So how long did you teach in this studio in Italy? Oh wow, I taught there until I left. Yeah, so I taught there like 6 years. Uh and in the meantime, I I did my 300 hour in te- London. In London. How's that? Okay, it was first of all, it was amazing. It was with Jason (laughs) Crandall, who is my my teacher. He's an American from San Francisco. Um, And I sought out, I was like, okay, this time around for the teacher training program, like, I got to find the right teacher because I realized the investment. I'm not saying my first was a waste. It was a great experience, but, and it's something I tell new teachers too. Like, they're like, well, what about teacher training? They're definitely not all the same. Really look for what you want. Like, even better if you know who the teacher is, even better if you know their style. What is that something you want? So, what did I not have in my Ashtanga training was a lot of anatomy, alignment, modern yoga. I was practicing yoga with indians that like sit in malasana like that's like their comfortable pose that's a yoga squat <laughs> like you know just like they don't sit like we do in cars and a desk all day their hip flexors are open like i don't like to practice the lotus like that hurts my knees you know and here they're like pulling you into these positions and i realized this isn't good for us Westerners, you know, like there's certain things from traditional yoga that are amazing. But like when you go to apply it to like a modern body, it's not going to work that well. So that was my thing was I was like, okay, I'm seeking out to practice with somebody. And I found, I found Jason Crandall. Cause I also knew here we go again. Where am I going to do my yoga teacher training? Definitely. I'm not going to go back to India cause I wanted something more modern and I wanted someone who was more into anatomy and alignment and building a sustainable practice. So I found Jason Crandall and I did my 300 hours with him 
in London. It was like, it was broken up into three 100 hour modules. So I would go to London for two weeks, do a hundred hours. And I think we had three, two to three months in between each module. So it took me almost a, you know, almost a year to get that certificate. It was also, you know, I had to give up working and, oh, yeah. you know, going to London's not cheap. The program wasn't cheap. I had to get a place to stay, all the food, this and that. But it was such a good investment for me. And I really, I, I got everything and more than I wanted from a teacher training. And I left that training very confident, very confident. My teaching style, it, it, it changed a little bit. Um, in many ways, but in a good way. I mean, it's going to change regardless. You're going to evolve as a teacher, and then what what's going on in your life will will show through the your your teaching and the practice that you're offering your students. So, but it was a very positive experience, and um, yeah. So after that, you went back to Italy. I went back to Italy. Okay. Mm-hmm. With the intention of again teaching and continuing so to at teach. this point teaching was your only full-time job, job. Yeah, full-time job okay mm-hmm. um just interesting how how was that to switch from working for like high designer like famous brand and i guess having like a well-paid job and everything to hustling and grinding to to be a yoga teacher like it's quite a massive <laughs> it was change. a ma- yeah it was a massive um switch i was lucky though i mean living in italy right um it's not as expensive as living in miami right i didn't have a car so i didn't have a car payment i didn't have insurance public transportation works amazing um food is way cheaper going to the market so certain things like i was fine uh i still had my parents uh benefits of flying standby so still do today so it helps me travel the world um but i was happy you know i was happy with a more simple life i mean before all i did was work like we were talking about before it was like work 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 and 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 being in like higher-end retail like you know the holidays come and you're working and i would i mean after like my more like uh fashion sales high-end fashion i i went into medical sales too that's a whole nother story so i was just like overworked and yeah i was making money but i wasn't able to really enjoy it so much so i was really happy with my new life and and honestly making like feeling that i was making a difference in people's lives was so fulfilling for me where people at the end of the class and and once you guys do start teaching you'll realize like you don't realize what everybody's going through so when they come to your class you don't know what their day was like you don't know what they had to do to get there if they even wanted to come what's going on in their home life but you're there to guide them through a practice and you don't know how it's going to affect people and so i you know getting the feedback from my students that you know they loved my classes and it had it was touching and changing their lives i mean it's it it just made me want to keep doing it because i was like wow this is i was feeling satisfied with them being satisfied and it was everybody was winning you know yeah yeah it was way more i guess fulfilling way more fulfilling felt more 
useful in a sense, mm-hmm. uh, bringing value more. Yeah, than bringing useful, value. I guess, I, yeah, yeah. So life was good in Italy. Life was good. Life was good in Italy, and I was also like, you know, I mean, this is fast forward. I, I always wanted to. I mean, it was. I was teaching twelve group classes a week in the yoga studios. I was. They had at this point they had three opened in Rome. So I was teaching at all three locations. I was, and I'm not going to lie, I was kind of burning myself out a little bit getting from studio to studio. All and right. I'm not going to lie. They, 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 um, in right. Italy, you get paid very little to be, I mean, most places you get paid very little to be a yoga teacher. I don't think anybody becomes a yoga teacher because they want to become a yeah. millionaire, <laughs> but, um, I wanted to do a little bit more and, um, I got a few opportunities working with brands and festivals in Italy. And that's how I started teaching like events over there. Uh, I guess that's where your background in business and sales and everything became useful. Yes, 100%. Something I've I've learned being in Miami and starting to do yoga and everything is, I mean, no offense to (laughs) if anyone is saying, but a lot of yoga teachers are terrible business people. Honestly, like bad. And you can see that it's it's showing up in their marketing, their their approach to the yeah. Even their just approach to money. It's like there's yeah. this, oh yeah. There's this mentality that like you know you shouldn't. Everyone charge. loves each other yeah. and it's fine and that's gonna pay the bills. Okay, well, I mean, <laughs> yeah. you gotta find the balance. You yeah. gotta find the, no, definitely my business background and like my I'm. I'm a networker. I, th- I feel like it, it's in my DNA to just be like, a hu- I don't want to call myself a hustler, but I'm a hard worker and I go after what I want. I always did. I, 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 I always achieved all of my goals. It's just something I always wanted to do. Nothing ever stopped me. And so I knew there was more. I knew I could do more in Rome, especially since I started creating a name for myself and buzz. And I mean, my classes were busy and people, I mean, I'm not going to lie, being an American over there, people would come to my class and they would say, I knew that you being an American, you knew what you were doing, right? So it went from this, like, I'm an expat over there, right? Because I'm American, they trusted me more, right? And um, so they were, they were smart to do that. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> they were smart to do that. And, and so brands too. So I started to uh, headline events, you know, teaching yoga in Italian and being an American, you know, and it was, it was really cool to, to be chosen, right? So, so there's certain companies that I've worked, I, that I still work with, like Oisho, which is a huge company in Europe. It is from Spain. It's Zara's sister company. It's a yoga apparel a swimwear, sleepwear company just for women. And they, they found me on Instagram. They reached out to me to headline uh, Race for the Cure in Rome. And they emailed me and it was a very official email. It was like my first big gig. And I was just like, wow, is this really happening? And they asked me to headline the yoga for Race for the Cure. And it started with that. And I was thinking, why would they want to work with me, right? I I have an accent when I speak Italian. I'm not even like a real Italian, you know? Um, And you get that also like that imposter syndrome where it's like, wait a second, why do they, even though you know you're great, but it's like, 
do they, why wouldn't they choose somebody else? But, and, and I think that for me was a catalyst of, um, stepping into this power where really feeling like, okay, you asked me, how did it feel to be in front of a room from a people? Well, I was on a stage with a microphone and speakers and I'm like, I'm in Cerco Massimo in Rome and my voice is echoing my accent. Like, I don't want to mess up right and left in Italian. Like there's certain things I was saying and it went so well. And like the feedback was so great. And that was, well, now I don't remember what was the first year I did Race for the Cure. I think it was like 2016. Um, and I've been working with Oisho ever since. I still, this year I did Race for the Cure virtually, right? With uh, I taught the yoga class. I woke up at like 3.30 in the morning because they wanted an a.m. class. Mm-hmm. And I went live for them in my living room around 4.30 a.m., Actually, it was probably 3.30 a.m. I think it was a 9.30 class. And I, I created a relationship with them. And I've, I've headlined many events for them. Yeah, and I remember during the pandemic, you were doing Insta Live on, on the platform, like taking over and doing classes there. Oh, yeah, yeah. With uh, Yeah, that then that turned into... So I only used to teach yoga for Oisho. And then during the pandemic, when Europe shut down, they asked me to teach to go live on their Instagram every Wednesday with a workout. And then I was like workout you don't want me to teach yoga and they said we already have too much yoga you do all the fitness can you just do fitness for us and and that was enough that put me in a position where it was almost like my mom again like this is what you do do it and I I was nervous and to go live they had they had at that time I don't know how many followers they have now but they had two million followers I was going live on their Instagram every Wednesday during the pandemic with a workout I was live for an hour. So there was like the warm up, the workout. People were logging in from all areas of the world. I, I think my largest live had over 26,000 people <laughs> on it. Right. And it was like, you know, I'm in my parents' living room <laughs> and I'm like, quiet on the set. <laughs> we're going live. And, you know, just just seeing where like and connect so that was a whole nother experience and it's in itself connecting with people that i mean in the states yeah we were locked down here in miami but being in the sunshine state and and uh i was staying at my parents i was staying at my parents so they have a pool so you know life wasn't too bad but for some people, it was really bad to be locked up and living in a building and not being able to see family and friends. And they were just saying, you're saving me, your workouts. Like we look forward to you every Wednesday and connecting with people over the world. It was a beautiful thing. It was another way for me to share. And it wasn't even yoga. It was like, I I got my fitness voice too. So the thing that I, you know, I only taught yoga in the past, but then it was like, here I was getting into the fitness role as well. And it was an incredible experience. So I've got to share over the pandemic, Jeremy started doing some of your videos, <laughs> some of your fitness ones, and you are an absolute beast. You're like... Yeah, I only did the first round. <laughs> you were doing like three rounds of things and Jeremy would do one round and be like, what the fuck is wrong with this woman? Oh my God, I'm fucking dying. How yeah, is she talking? I, I, I'm doing this. I insulted you so many times. Oh, I hate you, Jennifer. <laughs> <laughs> I remember you tagging me in the stories. It was great. I loved it too because, I mean, Oisho is a, it's a women's brand. So, you know, I did have some guys on my lives, but it was mostly women. So 
to see some of the guys doing it and dying, it was like super fulfilling. It was ridiculous. I, I was there to kick your ass. That was. Oh, you the, did. It wasn't yoga. <laughs> Jeremy was like, "Rosie, don't even try." And I was like, "Nope, not no. trying." And imagine me, I was doing them at the same time with a smile on my face, yeah. right? I was live. I had to do the whole thing. Yeah. You know, yeah, I, I have like, no idea how you're doing it while talking and everything. That's just... Sweating and smiling and... No, yeah. I yeah, I don't think I took another fitness classes after that, to be honest with you. <laughs> put me off. Well, I give you an A for effort. <laughs> yeah, here we are. See, I've, I've done that list. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so what brought you back to Miami then? Um, to be honest, I really miss my family. I miss the lifestyle. Um, I loved being in Italy, but I had this goal of, of swapping, right? So instead of being based in Italy to be based in Miami and to be able to travel back to Italy, cause I being based in Italy, I would come back, you know, usually around Thanksgiving or Christmas, I would spend a month with my family and then go back to Italy. I wanted it to be the opposite. So I love Miami. It's a place that I feel so good in. Uh, I realized it even more when I was living in Italy, you know, people would be like, all the Americans would be like, you're so lucky you live in Italy. And I'm like, actually, like life in Miami is pretty good. You yep. know, <laughs> the grass is always greener. And when you're like, I'm a beach person. I'm an ocean person. I'm a warm weather person. I'm endless summer. I could if I want winter, I'll go take a vacation for a week and see the snow. Like, I definitely don't want to wake up. I don't want to live through the season of winter. It's just not my thing. So my goal was to always come back to to Miami because it's always where I wanted to I knew that's where I wanted to live I knew it I've 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 lived around the world I mean we didn't even get into my other life right I lived in Brazil a year I lived in Turkey a year we're going back I studied in Brazil follow Portuguese um so I knew that Miami was the place so I built my business enough I built my name up enough where I it was kind of, it was really hard for me to be like, if I leave, am, am I going to lose everything I created? You know, like, am I going to not be relevant anymore? And it was, it, it weighed on me for a long time. Like Tribe Vinyasa was built in Rome and, and I was headlining for Wanderlust Italy and I was headlining, I was doing events for Roy's show and I just thought, I don't want to lose these contracts. But I also don't want to stay and, and lose out on being closer to my family. Six years is a long time, you know. So I took, I ran the risk. And I knew coming back to Miami, I thought, now I'm like, uh, what do they say? I'm a small fish in a big pond, right? So in, it's super competitive. The fitness scene in Miami is like, whoa, it's like a million yoga classes every day it's like one of the fittest places in the united states so i knew coming back would be a challenge but i'm always up for challenges and i said i'm i'm gonna just run the risk and it and i i moved back and i also it's funny because i traveled so much while in italy right you know i'd be in america for a month i was here i was i was traveling a lot so people also got used to this lifestyle of myself like of me excuse me where they knew i was always traveling even oisho would be like where in the world are you right now so it i kind of got known as like this traveling yoga teacher 
So when I moved back, I, I didn't really tell everybody like, Hey, I'm moving back. I'm going back. Like it's season, it's winter. I'm going back to Miami. You know, I'll, I'll be back in the spring. And, and I, I, I played this card for a little bit, even though I was totally moving back. Um, I just didn't want to let people know I was leaving because I didn't want people to just think, okay, well, we'll find somebody new. Like I wanted to stay relevant. And, uh, I moved back. It was December 24th, 2018, Christmas Eve, 2018. I moved back and May of 2019, I was back in Italy headlining events in May. I was headlining events in September and I was like, wow, this is like, this is working. You know, it's what I wanted. I was going to Italy twice a year and I was spending my winters in Miami and then it's even crazy. And what's so crazy about that time was when I left, all my students were like, imagine this is before this whole online yoga boom, right? So my students were like, oh, but we want to still practice with you. And it was, I always had this thing like create a YouTube channel, create a YouTube, right? Life gets in the way. You don't do things. Also like being really like part of me being shy and being a perfectionist was like, how am I going to create you? Like, I don't even have a camera. Like, how am I going to do it? Like you may, we complicate things yeah. when, when, um, we always find good excuses. We find not the to good excuses it. not to do things. And, and so here it's 2019. My, all of my students were like, we want to practice with you. And boom, 2020 came and we, none of us saw it coming. And all of a sudden it was like, I went from, I was in their living room with them. You know, they were doing my lives, I started my YouTube channel. I was I started my YouTube channel by just uploading all my Instagram lives. Yeah, I remember, yeah. And I mean, not even good content. You know what I mean? A selfie on my iPhone, vertical, you know? I was still no no hashtags on my posts and like I was getting followers left and subs, sorry, subscribers left and right on YouTube from just the pandemic. And uh that that kind of changed the whole direction of the business too yeah. yeah that clicked yeah where where do you see yourself going not geographically because i know you're probably <laughs> going to be bringing on point as whatever because you, you can do what you do anywhere now that's the beauty of it because i guess you've been structuring everything and, and now you have systems in place uh so potentially if you if you go whatever tomorrow you will be all right and you have the experience as well anyway uh but i don't know what's where do you see yourself or where do you, what would you like to achieve? What's next? Uh, continue teaching. That's for sure. Creating more free content on YouTube, being able to share with people. Cause that's what I did all, all quarantine. I mean, Oisha was paying me to go live, but nobody was paying for the, the classes. So I've been focusing on creating more content for YouTube. Uh, I have a private client, so I built my private clients here in Miami. I offer virtual privates on Zoom for people who would like to practice with me um, that aren't here. Uh, what's coming? I'm, back, I'm getting back into hosting yoga retreats because I get to, you know, I've done them in the past um, and I get to combine, right, my passion for traveling, exploring new new places and teaching. And uh, down the road, I see myself doing teacher trainings and, and helping um, helping people become yoga teachers and helping them on their path. Definitely. I, I have a strong connection with the branding of it and the business aspect of yoga. 
Um, and I mean, there's so, there's so much room for everybody. It's a competitive market, but there's room for everybody here to grow. Yeah. Well, and also like I was saying before, I think if you know what you're doing, there's a way to differentiate yourself and, and, and stand out from the crowd, uh, and clearly have the background and knowledge for that, uh, cause you're doing it right now. So yeah, I'm sure if you can find a way to teach that, uh, and add these little things on top of the pure yoga teacher training, uh, obviously that could, that could be a huge difference for the future trainees and everything. Yeah, even like I, w- I would like to create more online courses, maybe breaking down different parts of yoga or the business of yoga. And um, but, you know, just being back in Miami two years, I kind of felt like a, a newcomer. Right. So it's it's taken me like two years to build myself up here. Right. So it's like I taught six years in Italy, then I'm back here two years and I'm finally at a place where I can breathe. <laughs> You know, um, an article just came out this week and I got featured as um, one of the top yeah, fitness trainers to follow in Miami in 2021. And that was like a, a huge shock to me. I didn't know it was coming. Oh, I, I had oh. no idea about it. And to just wake up and to see the tag and to see my picture on the front was just like, it was really satisfying. It was like, wow, like everything, you know, when you're working so hard for something and then you start to see the fruits of your labor, such a fulfilling uh, feeling. How, how was 2020 for you in a more personal level in a sense that I guess, well, you were forced to slow down and you're not good at that. You don't like that. <laughs> how, all were. How, <laughs> yes. how, yeah, but, you know, some people maybe like enjoyed it or do something like, how did you, how did you feel about that? About adjusting and okay. I can't teach 25 times a day and right? be there. Can't and travel. There. Like, yeah. Like how can't escape. Um, it's interesting because well, first of all, like my 2019, let me just say how my year ended it ended pretty epically like you know i headlined a wanderlust italy event in september and then i wound up flying down to south africa to cape town and i was down there for two weeks i went into the bush i did a safari i was actually scouting a retreat for uh, like a safari yoga retreat and so i came back to miami in october um, had all these big plans for 2020, wound up going to Peru in February. So a year ago, 2020, went to Peru, taught in Lima, uh, went to Sacred Valley, filled my own cup traveling in Peru. So right before the pandemic, I was really full. I was full from like teaching and traveling and like I was in a really good place. And then to see the lockdown, so to watch Italy, because that was like the epicenter, and to see how they were shutting down and to have this feeling of like, no, it's not going to happen to us, right? We all feel like nothing's going to happen to us. And uh, to see us slowly shut down and all of a sudden it was like I was forced to go live. You know, all of a sudden I was like, wait a second, I'm not getting paid, you know? Like it was like I had like a really hard time at the beginning. Like like how how is this going to work? I mean, I moved and during quarantine, I like moved out of the place I was renting and I went to my parents' house. So like, luckily I had that. And, um, like I said, life's every, you know, live streaming in their living room, moving the couches around their house turned into a yoga studio, but I started to really enjoy it. 
right? I was like, oh my gosh, I, I don't have to leave my house. I'm usually, I'm used to like driving all over the place. I, you know, if I'm not teaching, I'm in my car driving to be able to spend so much time with my parents and, um, and to be able to make money. Like I was like, you know, like my contracts came in like through Oisha and, and Wanderlust and I was going live and I was still able to maintain. And then I, my privates picked up because, you know, people were like, come to my house. We'll do it outside by the pool. So like I was busy, you know, I mean, I was leaving a little bit for privates, but like I was good. I was like, I like this. So you actually adjusted pretty quickly and pretty well. Yeah. I mean, I had like a one week where it was like rough, where I was like, ah, like yeah. panic, right? How, how's this going to happen? That's a right week. I mean, considering everything, <laughs> yeah. that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> and then it was just like, you know, I guess throw me to the fire and it, or throw me in the deep end. It's sink or swim. I'm a good swimmer. So let's go. Like nothing's going to stop me. And I loved it. And in fact, when we started to open back up, right, when they were like, oh, we're going to open. I'm like, no, I'm not ready yet. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, I'm good. Like I'm, I'm like, I don't have to leave my house. It was like a really nice feeling. And, and I'm not going to lie, like the connect, like I'm really already close with my family, but like to be able to to spend all that time with with my parents it was priceless like the little things in especially life especially after all this time you've been away yeah. especially you appreciate it even more i think especially as an adult as well like we kind of leave home at whatever 16 18 years old and then kind of never really live at home again so to be able to spend that quality time with them as an adult you know without having kind of teenage drama and hormones and all the rest of it going on it must have been really amazing to actually you know appreciate them properly because I feel like when you're young you don't really appreciate your parents the same way that you should do right yeah I mean they're always there they're always yeah. there for you and I I got to really appreciate them and they're and my parents are awesome my mom's my best friend like they were cool they were going to Publix they weren't like the my parents weren't scared in quarantine you know and I like I even said hey do you mind if I you know because we didn't know what was going on so like do you mind I'm gonna I have privates is it okay if I go to their you know because I'm living with my parents there's all these things that like if anything could happen and they were like no go do your privates it's good everybody was always fine you know everybody was always good so I got used to it I slowed down I I valued you know spending time with family and not being go 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 and my cup was filled from traveling and I wound up actually going to Italy in this year in September so not this year sorry we're in 2021 <laughs> <laughs> what day is it <laughs> no so I was in Italy last year I went to Wanderlust Italy and I actually thought a big event huge event yeah. yeah i don't know how that happened we got really lucky with that uh, i went to milan we had wanderlust italy for two days and i was out in europe for a month luckily i'm an italian resident so i was able to travel there and travel within europe without like covid tests and everything it was it was really nice right before italy shut back down so we managed to pull off this huge outdoor event so you're gonna keep some habits you got from 2020 and keep things a little bit like slower than you were before you think <laughs> or you think the instinct I mean, is going to come I, back eventually and <laughs> i left my house over 12 hours ago and i haven't been back yet today right, so, so <laughs> uh, i'm i'm pretty busy right now i'm but i'm embracing it there's a lot of things going on and 
Um, I mean, one thing that didn't stick so much for me is, is the online classes, right? So, I mean, I'm not talking about YouTube, but like lives. Uh, once Miami opened back up, I think people wanted to be in person, you know, and, and, you know, online classes are for certain people and in-person classes are for others. But even like my private clients, they like my energy. They like my presence, even, Private clients I've asked, I've offered them like, hey, if it doesn't work, we can always do a Zoom. They never want a Zoom, right? They always want me. <laughs> they always want me in person. But um, I've slowed down. I've definitely slowed down, and I'm I'm in my flow of just teaching and being in the community and building and and you know I have I have my own boundaries with work. You know, like if somebody wants a private at 5 a.m., it's a no. You know, I mean. Like, it's too early for me. Sleep is important. So I have, like, I have my things where I'm good. I'm good. I'm happy. Yeah. I have just enjoyed this conversation so much. I don't know if I have any other questions. Do you have any questions? Um, not related to yoga. Yeah, you, you quickly talk about traveling and about going to Brazil and, and Turkey. Uh, just like, yeah, what, what took you there? And do you see yourself living somewhere else than Miami or do you think now you what you had enough and Miami's is you're gonna stay there for a bit I think Miami is a great home base for for me uh I I mean I'll always be a traveler my goal is definitely to have a home somewhere else where I could leave Miami in the in the summer right because yeah. summers are <laughs> brutal here so like that Dolce Vita that little tiny house in the south of Italy by the sea That's definitely a goal of mine. Like uh, my family's from like Puglia, which is the southern region of Italy. And I'm so connected to that land. I've spent so much time there over the past um, 20 years almost that, you know, I see myself with like a little home in the south of Italy with like olive groves and making my own olive oil and that mm -hmm. slow life. I definitely see that. But definitely being based here. Um, I went, I wound up going to Brazil because I got a scholarship to study there. So like I told you at the beginning of the podcast, I studied international business and I got a scholarship to go to Brazil to study, they call it international relations there. So that's what took me there. And I loved it. I mean, my, all my courses were in Portuguese. I spoke Portuguese. I was only supposed to go for a semester. I wound up staying for two Because I, I was trying to graduate. Like, I'm always, like, I have my own timeline. And I'm, like, okay, I'm, like, ready. I already, like, took so much time off to travel during university that I was already, like, behind. But we're trying to – but then again, I tell people, like, that four-year plan for university, like, I didn't do that. You know, I, I definitely didn't do that. I enjoyed my life and, like, went back. And I, I graduated. And to be honest, I, like – If you don't even graduate university, it's not a big deal. You don't even need a degree to, to do a lot of work these days. So you got to pave your own path. Um, and I, I loved Brazil so much that I wound up staying two semesters. They had money for me for the scholarship. And, and um, I went back to my uh, – I went to FAU actually in Boca. So I went back and I graduated. And then I wound up going to Turkey because after I graduated, I graduated in December – 2007 and we had the um the economy crashed right yeah here so i was about to get hired um for this uh it was a german logistics import export company and i was 
I went through like three interviews to be there. Like, and it had to do with like, you know, Italian language to be like the head of their Italian accounts. And I was like, so like, oh my God, Schenker Logistics. Now I'm remembering. And, uh, and I was just like waiting to get hired. And all of a sudden they went on a hiring freeze. And all of a sudden, like the economy wasn't so good. And I wound up taking off to Istanbul and I taught English there for a year. And then I came back to Miami. Yeah. You're really resourceful. Huh? <laughs> You're really resourceful. <laughs> uh, okay, this is not working. I'm just going to do something else. I'll figure it out. Jump on a plane. I'll do something over there. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> interesting. Yeah. Yeah, so that, and, and like it's funny too because I never saw myself as an English teacher, even though, you know, English is my language. When I went to take the TEFL exam to like teach, I was like, oh my gosh, how am I going to teach people proper grammar? But um, I specialized in conversational English. And it was great. And I was there for a year. Cool. Well, I guess you, you've learned some things about teaching as well. And it's always useful. Yeah. And experience. connecting with people. It's really about like connections. You have to read people. You have to like, and yoga helps a lot with like getting in touch with yourself. And then it's easier to connect with other people. You sense things. You sense energy. You read their body language, things like that. That helps a lot to connect. That's what we long for, right? Human connection. We thrive in a community well, as yeah. humans. Yeah, and and we can see the the damages actually when we don't have that with everything going on right now. And I mean, last year, mm -hmm. it's it's the, the impact that's gonna have in on people's life and people' mental health. Totally, and also like kids too. That like, oh yeah, I, I that's gonna be actually like, I don't know, interesting, not in a good way, uh, mm -hmm. to to see how the impact of like not being able to play hug being scared of everyone like, don't yeah. touch this don't touch that. I, I don't know that's gonna left an impact we, we don't know how yeah we don't know what is it gonna be but it's gonna be some it's gonna be there for sure yeah. it's gonna be yeah what's it, what's the place you want to visit in the world that you haven't been yet like top of the list number one if you could go tomorrow Tomorrow, top of the list. Put me on the spot here. There's so many places on my list. Um, gosh, this this is gonna sound a little cliche, but I've never been to Bali, so I really want to go to Bali. But then this is gonna stand like Japan's at the top of my list too. I really want to go to Japan and Australia. See, I can't just name one. <laughs> and Hawaii. <laughs> Just everywhere. Guatemala. <laughs> I, know, I know someone else like that. What do you want to go? Everywhere. Yeah. My list, my list is endless. <laughs> well, I can't wait to visit you guys wherever you guys yeah, are. We don't know where we're going to end up, but... Yeah. I know we're going to cross paths. That'll be yeah. cool. <laughs> um, one last question. You good? Yeah. Yeah. One last question. <laughs> if you could speak to anyone, uh, dead or alive... Um, famous or no it doesn't matter that you think is one of the most like interesting person ever who would you pick and why hmm. it could be like your great-grandmother or someone be i really like you know i really like that you mentioned great-grandmother is because um because right away i started to think if i could speak to anybody i would speak to my grandmother because I miss her but when you said great-grandmother I would love to meet like my ancestors 
I feel so connected to them. Like, you know, trying to going back, like me going back to Italy, like, and connecting with like root, my like roots down there. It'd be great. And I've seen pictures of people and where they lived and, and, um, maybe to have a conversation with my great grandparents in Italian. You know, I never met them. I never met my great grandparents. And maybe hearing about their struggles of like when they left Italy and they went to the United States and, you know, having so many kids. They had so, you know, back then they had so many kids. It wasn't like two or three. It was like six, you know, seven. Um, I mean, otherwise I would say Barack Obama. <laughs> I love him. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> I like the one about the ancestors. Somebody said that as well recently, didn't yeah. they? I think I'm kind of similar as well. I speak to somebody from like, you know, my what we're trying to say. Well, your grandfather, you would be. Yeah, <laughs> it'd be my grand my granddad that I never met. But like, otherwise, you're people that were before me. Yeah. Oh my god, I can't speak. <laughs> your ancestors. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. <laughs> god. Um. So apparently I can't talk anymore, so we're going to end the episode here. <laughs> Thank you so much for sharing everything with us from kind of right at the beginning with your swimming and how you started yoga and how it's all developed into where you are now. You're an incredible teacher. We love your classes. Um, Apart your fitness one. I mean, I haven't tried the fitness ones myself, so I can't say. I'm sure they're amazing. <laughs> Thank um, you. So everyone listening, go and follow her on Instagram if you aren't already and go and watch her, fo- her followers, her videos on YouTube. Subscribe. She's almost at 1,000. You'll be there soon. Yes. Um, yeah. Try Vinyasa everywhere, right? Yeah, try Vinyasa yeah, everywhere. YouTube, oh, YouTube is uh, my name, Jennifer Sulo. So, oh. Yeah. <laughs> we'll leave it linked in the show notes anyway. Um, but thank you so much for being here. It's um, been really nice. Guys, thank you so much for having me. This is my first podcast. It was awesome. And just like the first time we met, I just feel so comfortable with you guys. You're uh, great people and you're going to be missed here in Miami. Yeah, thank you. We don't want to go. You'll be back. <laughs> yeah, we'll be back. Um, so thank you so much for listening. We hope you enjoyed this episode and we'll be back next Wednesday with a brand new episode. Bye. 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 Bye.